In this bulletin, West Australian government announced its scrapping controversial month-old cultural heritage laws. New documents released revealed Peter Dutton blocked high-priority crime prevention grants for Indigenous communities as Home Affairs Minister in 2019. And a bus driver accused of causing a crash which killed 10 people to face court. The federal opposition is calling on the federal government to ensure WA-style heritage laws are not mirrored at a national level. The West Australian government has announced its scrapping controversial month-old cultural heritage laws following widespread anger among the farming community. The rules were implemented following the destruction by Rio Tinto of 46,000-year-old Jukun George rock shelters in 2020. Premier Roger Cook says a 1972 Act will be restored with some simple and effective amendments. Nationals leader David Littleproud says the government must give its guarantee that similar laws won't be implemented nationally. The admission today by the Western Australian government that they got it wrong, that they didn't listen, they didn't understand the implications of what they're imposing on the people of Western Australia is a big lesson to the Albanese government not to overreach, not to do the same thing, not to impose federal laws that they have in their top drawer, that they're working through as we speak now, to be open and transparent with the Australian people. New documents released by the Federal Labor Party have revealed Peter Dutton blocked high-priority crime prevention grants for Indigenous communities as Home Affairs Minister in 2019. It found the grants were blocked in favour of projects found to have favoured coalition seats, which included protecting expensive bowling greens. The documents expose how the then Home Affairs Minister bypassed six Indigenous grant applications in the third round of the $184 million Safer Communities Fund when he diverted millions of dollars away from projects ranked high priority by his department. Labor MP Marion Scrimger has criticised Mr Dutton. By this process and looking at this grants process, that explains a lot to Aboriginal communities and I will certainly be making sure that my communication with those communities, that I expose just how vulnerable they are under a Liberal government who didn't care for 10 years and continues not to care. The federal government is seeking to strike a deal with state premiers for a plan to strengthen renters' rights. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will present the policy at National Cabinet next week. It comes as the Greens call for a national rent freeze as tense negotiations over Labor's signature housing investment fund continue. Labor Senator Jane Hume has criticised Mr Albanese. Don't you find it amazing that this is only on the National Cabinet agenda now? I mean, you've got wall-to-wall Labor premiers across mainland Australia. It shouldn't be all that hard for Anthony Albanese to pick up the phone to his mates and say, hey, what are you doing about housing supply? Because we know that the only way to sustainably bring rental prices down is to increase housing supply. A coal to nuclear transition in the regions has been unveiled as a centrepiece of the coalition's 2025 energy policy to secure long-term baseload power, slash emissions and lower electricity bills. It also suggests tapping Australia's world-leading uranium stocks. 
Coal mining regions in the New South Wales Hunter Valley and Central and North Queensland are expected to be leading candidates for the future development of small modular reactors. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill told Channel 7 she doesn't think it's a good idea. Nuclear energy is not the answer for Australia's problems. It is incredibly expensive to build. It is very slow to roll out. Meanwhile, Australia has all of the assets it needs to become a renewables energy powerhouse. We've got the sun, we've got the wind, um, we've got the waves, and we can power Australia's economic future through clean energy, through renewables. A bus driver accused of causing a crash which killed 10 people and left 25 injured in the New South Wales Hunter Valley will face court for the first time today. Brent Andrew Button is facing 43 new charges after being allegedly behind the wheel of the bus carrying wedding guests when it flipped near the Hunter Valley Expressway, resulting in one of the country's worst traffic fatalities. The 58-year-old is expected to appear at Newcastle local court, facing a total of 63 charges and is yet to enter any pleas. Mr Button was previously granted bail in June after the court was told it was clear the bus driver was suffering amid concerns about his mental health and well-being in custody. The community of Corumbara in Victoria's east are continuing to wait for answers about a triple fatality after three people died in a suspected mushroom poisoning and a fourth is fighting for their life. Couple Don and Gail Patterson and her sister Heather Wilkinson died from symptoms consistent with death cap mushroom poisoning after eating lunch in the small Australian town of Leon Gatha. Local Anglican minister Fran Grimms worked closely with Reverend Ian Wilkinson, who is in a critical condition. She told Channel 9 the community is focusing on caring for each other rather than finding answers. Actually, we haven't had a lot of the questions here in the community about, you know, you know how and who and all those things. Mm. But here it's just a terrible tragedy that is here and um, I, I think there's a lot of just wanting to love and care and support and even those community members who are caught up in the police investigations, we just want to um, support them. So at this stage, um, not knowing mm. isn't easy, but the worst part about it is that it has actually happened. Nurses and midwives in New South Wales have agreed to a 4% pay increase, but many maintain the deal does not fairly reflect their contribution to the health system. It comes amid threats of further industrial action by paramedics, who last week effectively rejected an identical offer. Members of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association voted 58% in favour of taking the deal, which confirmed after lengthy negotiations and several heated strikes in recent months. The deal will be backpaid to July 1 and will include an additional 0.5% bump to superannuation. It is the biggest pay increase for the group in more than a decade and comes after the government scrapped a 3% cap on public sector pay rises, which will formally end in September. The Great Barrier Reef's first mass bleaching event in what should have been a cooler year has halted coral recovery across two-thirds of the site. The latest coral cover report from the Australian Institute of Marine Science has revealed the full impact of mass coral bleaching in 2022. It was the reef's fourth mass bleaching event in seven years and also the first to occur under a La Nina weather pattern. 
While the 2022 bleaching was far less deadly than the back-to-back events of 2016 and 2017, it did enough damage to counteract grains and has left the entire reef with slightly less coral cover than a year ago. A survey of businesses conducted by the National Australian Bank recorded a sharp uptick in both the cost for materials and workers. The cost of running a business has jumped, as have the prices firms are charging, suggesting the inflation challenge still has some fight left in it. The July survey captured growing labour costs as new minimum and award wage decisions kicked in on July 1. Purchase costs also grew a little faster in July compared to June, with high energy costs possibly to blame. NASA astronauts have gotten their first look at the spacecraft which will fly them around the moon. The Artemis crew have visited the Kennedy Space Center, where they have spoken for their readiness for the mission. NASA hopes to establish the first long-term presence on the moon and eventually send the first astronauts to Mars. Astronaut Reed Wiseman says the team is getting excited. We made it to Kennedy. This is awesome. Uh, we're fired up. It's, it's a great day yesterday when you walk around the corner at the Neil Armstrong Operations and Checkout Facility and there's your spacecraft that you're going to ride in. Uh, the ship, as they call it, over there. And uh, we, got, we got to look inside and hang out and it was really quite fascinating. And in football, Colombia have defeated Jamaica 1-0 in the Women's World Cup to qualify for the quarterfinals for the first time. The team will next play a knockout match against England in Sydney, which advanced on penalties after a scoreless draw with Nigeria. Meanwhile, the Matildas will face France in their quarterfinals match on Saturday after France cruised into the next round with an easy 4.0 win over Morocco. French coach Herve Renard says the team's 1-0 loss to the Matildas in a pre-competition friendly match isn't an indicator of how the quarterfinal match will go. I will be very honest with you. Uh, I didn't decide of this game, but if it was me, we were not playing against Australia before the competition. But uh, for the next game, we have to be more than 100% because uh, Australia team are very strong and... Uh, We know it perfectly, but we'll be ready for this uh, very important game. And now for a look at today's weather. Perth, partly cloudy 18. Adelaide, showers developing 20. Melbourne, becoming windy, mostly sunny 19. Hobart, mostly sunny 16. Albury-Wodonga 18. Canberra, partly cloudy 16. Wollongong, sunny 20. Sydney, much the same, 20. Newcastle, mostly sunny, 21. Brisbane, similar conditions, 23. Townsville, mostly sunny, 26. Cairns, a shower or two, 26. Alice Springs, sunny, 27. Darwin, partly cloudy, 33. And the Torres Strait Islands, windy, partly cloudy, 30. And that is NITV Radio News. TV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1pm or anytime online.